Hello everybody and welcome to the Vimpire. Today we have a special guest with us. His name is Thailan. Thailan, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Thailan and I have a Twitter account which is Fashionably Cunt. And I'm so excited to be here actually. So Thailan, tell us, how did you join High Fashion Twitter? I actually didn't even know that there was a thing called High Fashion Twitter. I just wanted to open a Twitter account and be cunty about fashion, you know? It wasn't that deep. It wasn't about a community on Twitter about fashion. I just opened an account and I just started tweeting about fashion, you know? And then boom, you're suddenly a part of a community that you didn't even know existed. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Our first topic of the day is uh, Couture Week. We've all seen it. We've all seen what we liked and we didn't like. Let's talk about it, okay? Let's have a little nice recap. What was your favorite moment from Couture Week? Let's start positive. Okay, I, I really liked the the tarot card, like the Dior-inspired, I mean, the tarot-inspired Dior's collection. Um, I love and, that. Yeah, like, I think, I feel like astrology is really... Like, it's just such a big theme, especially, like, in 2021 and also end of 2020 because it's, like, something people are latching on to as everything is so uncertain and unpredictable. It's, like, yeah. ast astrology is, like, a really good way to predict something but also, like, ground yourself. Um, and I think the whole collection was so beautiful. And, yeah. I mean, I agree with you. And from what I read, I learned that Christian Dior himself was actually very spiritual and he used to take tarot cards before every collection. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, he used to take readings. And I think that was this collection was a kind of homage, you know, to him. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's awesome. I think it's so great. Like, I love the colors and everything. And Honestly, you know what? Um, I love I... the concept. Wait, you were saying something? I was just going to say that these shows are the true measures of fashion's creative responses to the pandemic, actually. Yeah, no, I love the concept and I definitely love the, how they filmed it and the directory of the whole film. It was amazing to me and I loved how they showed uh, the pieces. Um, something I would say, though, uh, I felt like a couture show. I was expecting more. However, I did like it, but not as much as I would, you know? Like, there was no wow factor for me, but I did like the concept and I did like the, I did like some of the pieces. I love the pictures of the collection so much. The execution of it all was just perfect and amazing. Like, if Dio makes a movie, I will watch it 500 times. Yes. Me too, same. So, what was your favorite show? I think mine was first, Area, and then... Yeah, oh my god, that was beautiful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then Valentino. Valentino was uh, fabulous. Yes. That's true. That's true. True. I did like Chappelle too. Oh, yeah, Wasn't me too. Yeah, yeah. Chappelle, I think. Oh, yes, Chappelle. It was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. So good. I really liked it. It was amazing. And about 
Um, I'm gonna go back to Valentino actually because I loved yeah. it so much when Pier Paolo Piccioli said the narrative of the collection is the collection itself. Yes. I love the collection so much. And the collection took place at Palazzo Colonna. It was very yes. suitable for the collection. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. so classy and elegant. Exactly. Apparently spending lockdown in in Rome with his atelier worked very well for him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful. What else was that? Iris Van Happen. What did you guys think of Iris Van Happen? I think it was, as usual, creative, fun. I mean, for me at least. But I don't see it variable, you know? Yeah. I, I, I wasn't too... Yeah, I don't think... I, I mean, I liked it, but it wasn't super... Like, it didn't really stand out too much to me. Oh, really? Yeah, because it did feel kind of like um, repetitive of art. Like we know she has like a stable shape and a stable um, thing that she goes for. However, um, it did feel repetitive, you know? Like it's kind of yeah. like the same uh, designs, just in different fonts and colors. Yeah. yeah it really is like a really beautiful artistry, though. But um, I think there, yeah, there's like a lot of similarities, like the symmetry and like the shapes and like you can see like the inspirations but um i don't know i think i i I liked it but it's not something that i was like in love with so what did you guys think of fendi which was a very controversial show Mm -hmm. i mean personally speaking i didn't like the show at all like and i just you know liked some details because I think by putting celebrities like Kate Moss and her daughter or Christian James Trillington, actually Fendi celebrated the values as a matriarchal fashion dynasty, which was so cool. But I don't know, the collection wasn't the best for me. I expected more from Kim Jones because he did so well before. Yeah, I I see. kind of agree though um like the collection was i think the collection itself was all right uh i know like it was it, it definitely interesting but it didn't it didn't really stand out to me either yeah but also i think we also have to remember that it was kim jones first time to design women's fashion right right he does so good at men's wear but women's wear apparently not yeah we've seen that and the collection was inspired by Virginia Woolf's Charleston home I think it's so cool because you know I study English literature so I'm very interested in Virginia Woolf Mm -hmm. so the combination was good to me but in general you know in terms of fashion it was not for me yeah I can I can see that what did you what did what did you both think about Alexis Mobile's work? Alexis Mobile? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I did like some of the pieces. Yeah, it was nice actually. I did like the dresses. Mm-hmm. Most of the dresses I did like. Some of them did feel like they were they belonged in ready to wear because they were they they looked like 
simple exactly. and um, very ready to wear evening dresses. You know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, yes. It didn't totally feel like feel it was couture. Yeah. But I think it was a beautiful show, though. You know. It was a beautiful show for sure. Yeah, and I love the coats. Yeah. Yeah. I I actually saw Zach Posen in that collection. Yeah, because of the like um the bodices. Exactly. Because of yes. the bodices, yeah. And you know the dresses, how elegant they were, and yeah. the whole collection yeah. made me realize how much I missed Zach Posen. Mm. I love him actually. Okay, so let's talk about something very um. I would say um, questionable from the high fashion industry. Chanel. What did you guys think of Chanel? I think it was a mess. A whole <laughs> mess. Actually, I was very disappointed. That's why I'm yeah. so pissed and sad. Yeah. Because it's 2021 and we did only see three black models. Like, seriously? Yeah. And it's not just that the whole collection looks ready to wear to me, to be honest. The whole collection. Yeah, because, you know, I think we're going to miss Carl a lot. A lot, like, you know? It's like, oh, he's gone, but, like, let's carry on the legacy, but they're doing it in a way that is very, um, how do I say this? Kind of desperate. You know, Girl, like, you're harsh. Uh, he... Girl, you're harsh. No. No, but I'm right. Listen, to, okay, let me explain this. Let me explain this. So, you know how Chanel almost almost went off the wagon and, you know, it got shut down. And then Carl came yeah. and, and kind of like saved it, you know, exactly. in, a, in, a, in a way, something like that. So they were like, okay, so Carl did this to save Chanel. So we should like continue doing the same thing that he did to like continue the path that we are on, you know? And I feel like they're taking this a little too far but by not allowing any um, outside creativity or uh, modernized maybe or not even modernized, just like any creative progression that is somehow artistic in any way. You know? Yeah. And that feels a little desperate to me. Like, are you really that afraid of um, taking a step into the creative uh, world of fashion? But you know what they say about Chanel, you know, when designers go to Louis Vuitton, they do whatever they want. When they go to St. Laurent, they do whatever they want. But when they go to Chanel, they do Chanel, you know? They know what they want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, but listen, you know, remember when when Alexander McQueen first joined Givenchy? I mean, yeah. his style was completely different. We see, we know that. Givenchy was all about elegance and being classy and sophistication. And he was more of the grunge type that that really um wanted, that really had this dark side to it. You know? Um, I, I totally but, feel you. Know, but the problem yeah. is, there can be no one like Alexander Lee McQueen. No, no. I know there can be no one about, like Alexander McQueen, obviously. But I'm talking about his way. Like, he went to Givenchy. He adapted the elegance and the classiness and, like, the delicacy that is Givenchy. But he still managed to add creativity to it. You know? 
Like he didn't lose the creativity and he was still being new. With Chanel, there's no such thing. I mean, like the current Chanel right now. Like, okay, you want to go to Chanel and make Chanel. That's that's exactly what we want. We want to see Chanel, but we do not want to see um, boring Chanel. You know, something like that. Like Chanel still, I feel like Chanel has a lot of opportunity to become a lot more than it is. Like and actually rise up. But this is, I feel like this is just embarrassing at this point. But from what I've heard, Virginie is Chanel's self, you know? Yeah, that's because of the tweet. We know it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like, you want tweet? Go to Chanel. Everybody knows this. Exactly. But, I, but I'm like saying, okay, you use the tweet. Don't get rid of the tweet. Use it. But like, make it look... In a different I'm way? Not, yeah. And we're talking about a couture collection here, not a ready-to-wear collection, you know? It's different. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's I, different. I totally see what you're saying. Yeah. You know what I... You know what I loved? The show of area. I think it was... We saw diversity. We saw plus-size mm. models. We saw black models. The collection mm-hmm. was... Fun, hopeful. It was so fun. I li- I loved looking at it. So yeah, nice. me yeah, too, yeah, me too. Me too. Like you look at it and you go, oh, couture. Mm-hmm. I, I love this. this. I love this brand so much because mm. I don't know if you guys know, but when they were in the you know contestant for CFBA Fashion Fund, I watched it on YouTube. It's on YouTube. You can watch it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's from 2016. Oh. Yeah. You can see how creative they were back then. Yeah. No, for sure. Okay, we'll definitely check it out. Yeah, I'll definitely look at it as well. The episodes are so fun and they are so short, so you can watch them without wasting your time. Really loved area. Yeah. It's so refreshing, yeah. 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 For sure. Okay, so what did you guys think of Alexander Vothia? I love Alexander Vothia. I love him. I no, love you know. I like him. Same, same, same. I love his dresses. They're, they're always so pretty. So pretty, so elegant, but still so sexy. But the problem with, I think, Alexander Vothia is that you can't talk about his collections, you know, that collection, you know? Like, yeah, it was so much fun. It was this, it was that, and that's the end. It's not like, you know, Valentino or Giambattista Valli or maybe even Fendi. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I like this. Yeah. Because how about Giambattista uh, Valli? I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> Sorry. Was it, is it... Giambattista Valli. Now I take Italian classes, that's why I know. What is, how do you pronounce it? Giambattista Valli. Giambattista? Yeah, yeah, actually Giambattista, that's right. Giambattista Valli. Valli. Yes. Okay. Giambattista. Wait, how did you get, what did you guys think of it? I think it was really good. First of all, the collection was, you know, small. It was 24 looks oh, wow. and i love the collection 
I, I don't like I don't wear this on daily basis I don't like it like no you look at it you you understand that the person who designed it is an artist you know it's exactly. a creative person they had something in their mind and they wanted to build it into and, and bring it and make it come to life I mean this is how most designers were before I mean before like before now how I, before capitalism and everything that has been so modernized. I mean, if you look at documentaries and other things, um, you'll see that this is how they did fashion before. You know? Yeah, yeah for sure. So being mad at something just for it to be um, maybe not the usual, maybe has a little bit of tweaks here and there, looks a little bit messy, doesn't mean it's ugly as much as it ha- as it is creative and not just me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And like I said, the collection was not for everybody's taste. It was so obvious. Mm-hmm. It, it, you look at it and you hear it saying, I'm not for everybody. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that made the collection even more special Definitely. than it really is. It truly is. Any other thoughts? just thinking like what do you expect from the next like designers are gonna keep using I guess the pandemic as a way to like go beyond or do you think that they're gonna like or they're gonna stray away or and use like technology again to like create something interesting I guess just any thoughts about that I think it depends I think I can say that I don't want to see much more collections because I'm tired of seeing collections, you know? We've seen eight collections a year before the pandemic. So thank God for pandemic in a way for fashion because, you know, eight collections a year was so hard for, you know, everyone, for environment, for designers, for their creativity, for everyone working in the fashion industry. So I think pandemic made everybody in the industry realize how we must step back. And I'm not even in the fashion industry. I'm too young. I know that. But I know that one day I will be in the industry and I won't be able to keep up, you know, eight collections a year. It is a lot. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Yeah, true. But um, I do have to say, though, I've noticed that's for some designers and some brands. The pandemic has done great things. I mean, they've come up with new ideas and they, some of them stepped back a little, like you said. However, I do think that some of them were, are just slacking off. Well, I don't know about slacking off, but maybe it's like not not feeling as creative. Yes, that's, that's what I meant. Like the creative process kind of just like got blocked. I designed yeah. a block. It's very understandable. Yeah. Like I told you guys, I think I think the pandemic did good for Valentino and Pierpaolo Piccioli because I th- love the collection so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. But for Kim Jones, Fendi, pandemic was not it. Chanel. <laughs> oh, Chanel, no, 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 no. I don't even begin to talk about Chanel. I mean, Chanel was always like that. I actually love Chanel. And I love I love Virginie actually. I think she's a very 
you know, creative and very French woman. I have nothing against Virginia. I have something against her um, not <laughs> taking a step up. Okay, Virgi- I'm sure Virginia is a very creative woman, but I want to see it. That's all I'm saying. I want to see it. But do you want to know what Virginia is doing so good? The bag. What? The bag. Oh my god, so the, the bags are so good. I literally have a thing oh for god. Chanel bags. They're just so pretty. Like, why are you so pretty? Chanel bags sell so good. Let me tell you this. So good. Like, if if, they're, if they have a couture collection just for the bags, I would watch it. I would watch it. Me too. I want it. And- like, and I actually think that I would like it. Me too. Like, it, I think that would do so good for a Couture collection at Chanel. Okay. Should we move on to uh, the topic of sustainability? Yes. So our next topic is sustainability in fashion. And if fast fashion... And if high fashion, I mean, the high fashion industry is more sustainable than fashion, do you think that is? What do, okay, let's start with first thing. Like, what do you guys think of sustainable ethical fashion? I mean, I mean, it's, it is a, at this point, it is a must. It is, you know. It's not like we have to think about it. It's not like we have to, you know, um, criticize it. We have to choose it. That's the only option, True. unfortunately, you know, because fashion as, a, in the, as an industry, it's a problem for the environment, it's, you know? It's a huge problem. Unfortunately, it is. And I don't want to be a hypocrite because um, I don't shop so much, so I don't really, you know, know about sustainability in fashion. All I know is, you know, the basics we have to do it it's you know the best for the environment and also for the industry for the health but you know i can't speak so much about it because that would be hypocritical of me i was always like interested in sustainability and also like as as a consumer um making the right choice for fashion and also like I like, I mean, I I love high fashion and like looking at the artistry, but for like ready to wear, I prefer looking at like staple pieces. So pieces yeah. that will like last for way longer. And so even if it's a little expensive, I'd rather that it be more sustainable and like ethical in its sourcing. Um, but I'm also very new to the process. So I kind of did a little bit of research and um i mean there are like a few questions you can look at like oh like are you where where is this material from or um looking at the supply chain of the like the garment you're wearing um and then also like if what kind of material is it is it like a material that you can like that has like low environmental impact stuff like that i mean I think that's like what I found, but I'm curious if anyone had opinions on how, I, I don't really know how much, like if high fashion is sustainable or not, I'm not too sure. Unfortunately, we only have like a few high fashion brands and they're like, all I can say is Reg and Bone and Stella McCartney, you know? 
I can't think of any other high fashion house or like brand that is, you know, aware of environment, environmental effect of fashion. Yeah. And Ashu, I, I totally agree with you about the things you said, because I think quality reduces waste, you know, in choosing sustainable brands, which provide quality, you can reduce your waste as well as the amount of the clothing you buy. Yeah, and I mean, there are lots of sites that you can look at, which have like ratings for these kind of uh, sustainable brands. And I know like you want something that looks also beautiful and um, there's there's like a lot of range, so. Um, do you guys think that um, high fashion, like like buying high fashion, I mean, you know, I mean, hold on. <laughs> So a lot of people um on Twitter, mostly that's where I've been where I've been seeing it, have been have, have well Twitter and TikTok like to bash people who buy fast fashion because they can't afford high fashion. And they'd be like, Oh, you buy fast fashion, then you, you do not commute uh to the I mean you do not contribute to the whole sustainable act and movement. What do you guys think about that? People who are buying fast fashion, a lot of it is to do with, like, the cost, right? Because, yeah, of course, fast fashion is cheaper than high fashion. And yeah. if you're making a choice to buy fast fashion, it definitely is, like, if you if you, this is the choice you have, then, yeah, of course. But people bashing other people, I mean, there's one thing that's to be ignorant about it. And then there's one thing that's, like, okay, I know about it, but this is the choice, this is the only option I have because this is what I can afford. So there's like two sides, right? But I feel like bashing people and being like, oh, why are you choosing fast fashion even? Or what was it about uh, bashing people about fast fashion or uh, choosing high fashion? Oh, so you buy fast fashion, then uh, you know, you're not contributing to the cause. Uh, okay. I mean, it's definitely a lot of things to do with the economics of it. Mm. Um, so, I think it's actually all about the economics. And yeah. people, if if they if they cannot afford high fashion brands, what are they going to do? Get naked? No, of <laughs> course they need clothes. We as yeah. humans need clothes, so of course they're going to buy. You know, since they are cheaper, you know, fast fashion things fast fashion items, fast fashion stuff, whatever you want to call it. And I think that's quite natural. All I can say is, if you're going to buy fast fashion, buy as less as you can. So you guys said something about how, uh, even though it's high fashion, that doesn't mean it's sustainable. So do you guys think that high fashion is actually not that far away from fast fashion and that it actually is quite similar. Well, we we don't, I to be honest, I don't really know too much about it because we don't know how, if the working standards for creating these things, I mean, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot to research on it to know about the material and also like how sustainable the actual fashion will be. Uh, but 
I'm not too sure. What do you what do you think? I think, you know, high fashion brands look like fast fashion brands because of fast fashion brands, you know, it's their, you know, problem. And I always say this, the, the devil works hard, Zara works harder. <laughs> you know, they steal from high fashion brands. So when I see a Gucci bag or Louis Vuitton bag or whatever, you know, something from high fashion, a few weeks later, I know that I'm going to be seeing that in a Zara store. That's right. And you live in Turkey. Yeah. <laughs> so things get to you faster than they get to us. Um, I also have a question because I, I live in, uh, I'm living in New York and a lot of people buy uh, clothing from vintage stores. Um, and thrift stores yeah and uh it's like i think i mean it's becoming start like a more of like a popular thing but at the same time the people that really need these clothing from i mean a lot of the clothing is like very beautiful and cool and amazing but um it's becoming more of like a trendy thing and then i don't know is it like i guess we you could debate if it's like taking away from the people who actually need these clothing um at thrift stores but because it's cheaper than like sometimes it's cheaper than uh like other retail stores so i don't know it's just something to think about i guess well actually vintage is still a taboo in where i live unfortunately mm -hmm. people still look at vintage things as old or as ugly so vintage stores um cannot survive here but i love vintage so much and you know i support it and i buy vintage things and actually i'm thinking about buying a balenciaga you know a uh, bag balenciaga city bag but i'm going to buy it in a vintage store i mean i think it's similar in dubai as well like there's not as many vintage stores and thrift stores. I mean, I think the idea behind, um, oh, don't buy from from thrift stores if you can um, afford it is exactly that. Like if you can afford to go to a store and actually buy things, like maybe Balenciaga City, like if you can afford the actual thing, then go into a thrift store to get it. It's not your place, you know? Yeah, because, like, you got, like, the rich kids and everything going to thrift stores when they can obviously afford a any high fashion. Of course. Um, item. Yeah. Bella Hadid has entered the chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so I do have a question. Um, so we talked about how high fashion is close to fast fashion and how it is not that far away from not being sustainable. But I do have a question. I mean, um, so like, here's the th I want to talk about the quality. OK, so obviously high fashion clothes quality is supposedly better than fast fashion. Correct. So do you yeah. guys think that investing in a high fashion um, item that will last longer is better than uh, buying fast fashion like every few months, like a new item every few months or like every year or something? 
you know, does that uh, what they mean when they say high fashion is more sustainable? I mean, of course, high fashion is more sustainable in mm. some way, in some particular ways, because, you know, if you're going to buy a bag from Hermes, it's going to last, you know, mm. because of its quality, because of its, you know, volume, it's going to last forever. And Hermes is an Hermes, you know, but if you buy a bag from Zara, it's going to be old within months. Yeah. Um, so, definitely in that way, it is sustainable. It's more sustainable in that way because the way, like, fast fashion is, of course, limited lifespan and it will break easily. So, in that way, I think high fashion, like, pieces that are of high fashion will last a little longer. So, in that way, it is pretty sustainable. Yeah. And like I said before, Good quality reduces waste, so it's more sustainable, yeah. To our next topic, we're going to talk about the fashion that we grew up with and the surrounding influence. Ooh. So I, I grew up in Dubai, and um, while there is like a lot of high fashion and luxury Actually, Are brand, you still in Dubai, by the way? No, I'm not still in Dubai. Where are you now? Oh, I'm I'm in Brooklyn. I'm in New York. Ah, ooh. Oh, so cool. The fashion is so go. fun in New York. I will be in New York hopefully this summer. Wait, no, wait for me. Come with me. <laughs> Come on. Oh yeah, Ash, you were talking. Okay. Oh yeah. So I was just I was just talking about how like in Dubai there's like a lot of um bigger like fashion company like fashion houses and luxury items but there are also a lot of like smaller boutiques and local um local designers and um a lot of like there it's i think it's more of like an emer emergence like recently um a lot of people a lot of like especially a lot of women uh designers are like emerging and it's like really beautiful to see like the work that the women are making um and a lot of the sort, like a lot of the pieces are also locally sourced and designed. Um, so, I mean, I think like growing up, I, I could see like both sides to it. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to share, I could share you for some of the ones, the some of the fashion labels that I really like. Um, I, I'm, I'm not sure if you've heard, uh, I think you pronounce it Bogesa, Bogesa. So she's actually, um, she's like really influenced by modern silhouettes. And uh, I think she grew up in, I believe, Lebanon. I'm not too sure. Let me check. Uh, I think she was, oh, so she's Fr French Algerian born. Like you say, Laurent. Yeah, exactly. And so like a lot of her influences are from both like, that culture and it's like it's like really architectural pieces and I think a lot of like pieces in Dubai itself are very like flowy I'd say because of the weather a lot of a lot of the fashion tends to be much culture more like, too because of the abayas and yeah of course that is another that is another reason too yeah um, 
for sure. So, I mean, that's, I'm, I'm sure, uh, I wanted to hear from you, Saf, and also uh, Thailand, how, how fashion is in both your, where you have grown up. So, most of my life um, here in Bahrain, most designers growing up, I mean, most designers or LTS, they'd mostly be making like abayas or um, cultural um, clothing, like uh, jalabia, all these. And like you said, they're very flowy. They're kind of like dresses, but they have a lot of um, embroidery that is very um, cultural to us um, and, and all that. But like growing up, especially right now, like in these past uh, recent years, I've noticed that they have kind of started to embrace the fashion, uh, the fa- the modernized fashion industry as it is, because like um we have we like I think like two years ago, uh, it was like a fashion institute opened here in Bahrain. It's kind of like the first one, like ever. It opened here in Bahrain. And like a lot of design uh, aspiring designers from all ages go and they study and like they just start designing things. Um, not to mention, um, there's this thing called Youth City that we have um here in Bahrain for like kids, like little children, and then we have like for the teenagers and the young adults from ages to like I think fourteen to twenty nine. Okay, so every summer they have we have Youth City. In, in it, there's, like, a lot of um, kind of, like, a big event of school. Like, school, summer school, but it's fun. It's, like, for creative people. Yeah, I mean, young creative people. So you go and, like, you pick what you want. You Do you want to um, maybe go and practice acting, music, art? Um, there's engineering even. Like, you make cards. And, I mean, a few years ago, they made a food truck from scratch they built the truck the whole truck (laughs) it was so fun and then we have like um events and maybe for small businesses they put boots up um so they put this thing um they have also a fashion design booth and i went there when when i think i was 17 so we went there they helped us like start a brand like a made-up brand we made our own designs and then we um, sewed them and then we also sold them. Like at the last day, they made us have kind of like, oh, okay, so you made your bread. This is your store. Now you have to sell it. And we had to sell everything. And after we sold it, um, the money went to charity. It was so fun. Honestly, that's it is so good. That sounds so, so awesome. Good. It is, and like by the end of it, um, like you you get out of there meeting new people, creatives from like all interests. You get um to have new experiences, and like you ha- you get to have your talent or your interest nourished. You know, kind of in a way like that. And I feel like this is a very big step into the future as like in the fashion design industry for everyone who wants to be and everything this really helps them you know especially young people and like i said it's not just young people you have even young adults because it's like from 14 to 29 years so it's really fun to see that also i have a friend um 
Uh, well, yeah, a friend of mine, she started her own designing business. She designs abayas, but like she kind of does them in a modern way. They're mm-hmm. so pretty. And it's been doing really good for her, so I'm really proud. That's awesome. I grew up in Turkey and growing up, thanks to my dad's job, I also went to Riyadh much more than a couple of times. You guys know Riyadh, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen both sides of fashion in two different places of the world. And thanks to their purchasing power of Arabs, when I went to Riyadh, I've also, you know, I would always see high fashion brands like big Chanel, you know, bags, big Louis Vuitton bags, you know. But in Turkey, unfortunately, the women were not as, you know, um, wealthy as Mm -hmm. the Arab women. So they were not as high fashion as you know they want it to be but turks and arabs have one thing in common the gold (laughs) they love they love gold we love our gold we love our gold yes (laughs) me too but i love gold so much you know so (laughs) yeah growing up and i have so many aunts by the way my aunts would always wear gold you know golden or like uh golden things as like sunglasses even here right yeah they they love our gold they love the gold i mean they love the gold so even my mother loves the gold so much she literally she literally has like a yeah she has a big box of of things that are gold but like (laughs) she's like you see this is gold this is for you you're gonna wear this on your wedding you're gonna have this for your um when you're done pass down yeah she's like it's like put it put it aside i will sell that when i grow <laughs> put my own business with it and she even got me these earrings and she was like you wear them at all times i don't care if you take them off you will die so right now i'm wearing earrings that she got me they're gold your mom is an icon yeah she was she's like gold here gold the gold and um, I have nothing against gold, but sometimes she'd buy these gold. You know how like they could be really big and really bulgy. You know, the ones that are really um traditional, the big ones. I'm talking about big gold, like the big necklaces. Trust me, I know them. <laughs> you know the big thick ones. <laughs> I know um, them. <laughs> yeah, the, she'd buy them. And she's like, "You're wearing this." I'm like, "No, I can't wear that." Um, so I now I now I have a lot of gold. Lucky you. Lucky, Lucky you. me. I mean I have haven't I mean I see it for like one I see it like once a year and then she's like, okay, give it I'll put it away for you now. Even I have gold, you know, rings and gold bracelets, but I can't wear them because it's pandemic and I'm in my home all day, every day, you know? I still wear them at home, why not? Just show off to yourself, I guess. <laughs> right, you know. I'm, Walk to the I'm always room in chic. gold. I'm always chic, even when I'm, you know, in my home, in my room. But when it comes to gold, no, you know, I just, I just feel heavy when I'm wearing gold rings or bracelets. So when I'm in my home, I'm chic, but I don't wear gold, you know. Yeah, my mom gave me a gold bracelet, and she's like. You, she she gave it to me when I was like three years old and she's like you have to wear this like your whole life and then she's like when, when I was like seven I almost lost it so she's like never mind you can I'm keeping it in my drawer <laughs> I got my first gold bracelet when I was six years old when I first started to school 
Yeah, I wonder why it's like a big thing. I don't know. I think I guess it's like a tradition. I think it's an Arab thing, you know. It it is an Arab thing. It is. I I take for I take full responsibility for my people. It is an Arab thing. <laughs> I mean, ever since I was like a little girl, like I think I was. I mean, I'm a toddler, not even a toddler, an infant. I just got out of the womb. I f- this is like a tradition that we have among us here. It's like the child would be like, I don't know, two months old. And they'd be like, okay, it is time for you to get your ears pierced. And then they put um, a gold earring, like a very small oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, Kind yeah. of like a stud. Same here in Turkey. It's the same, but not in every family. Yeah, so like they could put, you, put this stud on you and don't you even dare take it off. I'm Indian, but I also have that. We have that tradition, like a small gold stud and in your ear. And getting your ears pierced when you're like two years old or something. Yeah, and then while you grow up, you're just swimming in gold. <laughs> Living the high life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else you guys wanted to discuss? Or uh, are we good to wrap it up soon? We talked about sustainability, we talked about couture, we talked about our roots and the fashion that we grew up in, so. And that wraps up our episode of the day. Hope you guys enjoyed listening and thank you, Taylan, so, Taylan, keep saying Taylan. Thank you, Taylan, so much for joining us today. It was such a delight having you over. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was so fun. I, I enjoyed this. Hope for you guys to tune in for next time. Kisha. Bye.